Joe Biden's lack of response to Texas hindered them to be out in front of the entire polar vortex and the power situation. The teachers unions are laughing at your kids behind your back. And Joe Biden has a forgettable town hall. It's all coming up on the Adrian Slade Show. The presidential motorcade was just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slade Show. The Alzheimer's in chief, Lunchbox Joe Biden. He had a town hall the other day. It's as forgettable as he is. Or where he thinks he is. Listen to this. You have, um, over the years, over your career, you've already spent a great deal of time at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Except now you're living there and you're president. It's been four weeks. What's it like? How's it different? I get up in the morning and look at Jill and say, where the hell are we? Uh, no, it's, um, look, it's, uh, you know, I, I've only been president four weeks. And sometimes, uh, because things are moving so fast, not because of burden, it feels like four years. It's not because of the burden. It's because there's so much happening that you focus on. You're constantly focusing on one pro- problem or opportunity, one right odd seriatim. But what happens is that it's uh, what I didn't realize. I had been in the Oval Office hundred times as vice president or more more than that um, every morning uh, for the initial meetings. But I had never been up in the residence. And one of the things that I don't know about you all, but I was raised in a way that you didn't look for anybody to wait on you. Um, and it's uh, where I find myself extremely self-conscious. They're wonderful people work at the White House. He's like, come on, man. Sometimes I have to toss my own logs on the fireplace or have to reset my Mario Kart game by myself. Yeah, that's a real, these are real headlines. Look at this, CNN. President Biden has expressed a preference for fire built in the Oval Office fireplace and sometimes adds a log himself to keep it going. Unlike recent predecessors, He's more of an early-to-bed type. Yeah, he calls a lid at 8 a.m., so he's early-to-bed and, uh, and early-to-rise to the lid. <laughs> Early-to-call-a-lid. Here's how Biden is settling into his new job. And then ABC News. Biden plays video games with his family. Shows off presidential swag at Camp David. His granddaughter posted photos of him playing her in Mario Kart. I mean, this is the most ridiculous. Check this article out. First Lady Biden. Isn't she Dr. Jill Biden? Anyways, First Lady Jill Biden wore a scrunchie while shopping and people felt so seen. That's journalism now, gang. That is effing journalism. So uh, he goes on. So let's talk about the fact that he doesn't think that if you're in the inner city or maybe you're a minority, maybe you're black, you don't have access to the internet or something like that. The, uh, the other part portion is a lot of people don't know how to register. Not everybody in the community, in the Hispanic and the African-American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts, know how to use 
know how to get online to determine how to get in line for that COVID vaccination at the at the Walgreens or at, at, at the particular store. I mean, he might as well have said, come on, man. Those whippersnappers don't know how to register for the elixirs at the Woolworths. I mean, I mean, Biden went on to say sometimes after inner city minorities wait for that, you know, odd sound while dialing into the World Wide Webs. Yeah, remember that sound? They usually get booted off by a Caucasian voice telling them goodbye. Goodbye. And see, that's that's AOL. That's America Online, the systemic racism of America online. <laughs> really now? So if you're black or you're from the inner city, you don't have access to the internet? They've been Zooming all freaking year. You've been stuck at home, and you've had to work from home. You've had your kids taught from home. You've had Chromebooks issued. You've had hotspots issued. You've had, you, you don't have access to the Internet to register for the vaccine down at the Woolworths or the Walgreens. Come on. I mean, how can a Libyan terror cell mobilize via Telegram app using their cell phones for the Internet? But inner city minorities, they can't register for the COVID vaccine because they lack access. I mean, many are going viral right now with cringeworthy videos of them doing Urkel style dances on Chinese surveillance apps like TikTok. You know, they're all dancing to some hip hop song and they've got these cringeworthy dances that just make you go, ooh, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, you know what? Most of the hip hop stars that are up and coming. Yeah, they produce their, uh, their albums on their own home studios. And then what do they do? They upload them to YouTube and Spotify all on their own. They don't have a record label. They don't have, you know, it's, it's the complete, completely done on the information superhighway. So to act as though they don't have access, that's just completely out of touch. Kind of racist, if you ask me. But, you know, he gets a pass. He can hang out with Robert Burr, you know, the... The uh, grandfather of the KKK, basically, he was the, the grand wizard of the KKK, Robert Byrd, before he passed away pretty recently. He can do photo ops with them and say, hey, you know, I'm all for uh, racial e equality after he's, you know, doing photo ops with a grand wizard from the KKK. But that gets all pushed under the rug. So then he goes on to talk about how um, biracial couples are showing up in commercials. And that's what's showing the movement for unity. Couldn't go through a whole show without doing that. And that is that, think about it. If you want to know where the American public is, look at the money being spent in advertising. Did you ever five years ago think every second or third ad out of five or six you'd turn on would be biracial couples? No, no, I'm not, I'm not being facetious. The reason I'm so hopeful is this new generation. They're not like us. They're thinking differently. They're more open. And we've got to take advantage of it. I want you to... I'm sorry. Yeah, every time I see a McDonald's commercial, I'm reminded of the harmony that we've achieved. You know, whenever I see the biracial da-da-da-da-da, whatever, um, yeah... That's until I flip over to the big game 
And I'm watching players kneeling everywhere. There's white coaches that consider them chattel, as they like to say, you know, million dollar properties. You know, the, the players, oh, they're they're drafted out like slaves. Only they're million dollar slaves. They're, they make millions of dollars. Um, but yeah, that, that was the argument. They actually said there was people out there saying that the white coaches are like the plantation owners and the, the players that are drafted in the NFL draft are like chattel, even though they're all clocking in millions of dollars personally. Um, yeah. Um, every time I see that happening and they're getting paid millions of dollars for throwing a ball around and they can take a month off for having turf toe, um, I just feel that level of oppression. I mean... It's infuriating that, uh, you know, Bank of America commercials have to show biracial couples, uh, you know, glimmering with the strides we've made in, in racial equality only to turn around and to act like we have made zero progress. It's really kind of annoying to me. <laughs> uh, and then we find out that we need to pay them, you know, uh, reparations um, as we take a stroll downtown to see an auto zone on fire in the name of social uh, and racial injustice. But that's what's going on. It's, you know, we, we've made progress, but we haven't made progress. That's how this whole thing works. And then he gets into student loan cancellation. Student loans are crushing my family, friends, and fellow Americans. Me too. <laughs> the American dream is to succeed. But how can we fulfill that dream when debt is many people's only option for a degree? We need student loan forgiveness beyond the potential $10,000 your administration has proposed. We need at least a $50,000 minimum. What will you do to make that happen? I will not make that happen. It depends on whether or not you go to a private university or a public university. It depends on the idea that I say to a community, I'm going to forgive the debt, the billions of dollars of debt for people who have gone to Harvard and Yale and Penn and schools, my children. I went to a great school. I went to a state school. Um, but is that going to be forgiven rather than use that money to provide for early education for young uh, children who are come from disadvantaged circumstances? But here's what I think. I think everyone, and I've been proposing this for four years, everyone should be able to go to community college for free. For free. That's... That costs $9 billion, and we should pay for it. And the tax policies we have now, we should be able to pay for it. You spend almost that more money as a break for people who own racehorses. And I think any family making under $125,000 whose kids go to a state university they get into, that should be free as well. Yeah, um, you know... He, first, he's like, me too. Think I'm kidding? What is he talking about? He hasn't had to pay student loans. I mean, how is it crushing corn pop here? It, didn't he pay the balance of all his student loans off with the money that he pocketed from his meth head son? You know, the, the meth head Van Gogh that's out there painting to relieve his stress, Hunter Biden, when he was making money with the uh, Ukrainian energy company that was paying him 50 grand a month when he doesn't know anything about energy or can't even speak Ukraine. Um, and uh, didn't Lunchbox Joe go to a state college, right? Now, here's the thing about student loans. If you're going to make public colleges free, that's going to make it into the 13th grade. There's going to be no barrier of entry for those who want to take things a step further. There's going to be no value in that degree that you get. And other colleges are going to have to pull back quite a bit to compete. And what is that going to do? 
The interesting part is where you think it's going to go. How, how do you think they're going to eliminate the student debt? Maybe they'll do a federal workers program. Listen to this from Fox News. Squad member Ariana Presley, she's the Ringo of the group. She's the bald Ringo. Um, calls for the creation of federal job guarantee program. It's time to establish a legal right to a job for all people in America, Presley said. So she called for the implementation of a taxpayer-funded federal job guarantee program to combat systematic inequality and aid the U.S. economy recovery from the coronavirus pandemic. The economic distress that we caused ourselves, our states decided to secede from the union medically, close off their economies, shut down businesses, fine people for wearing ma- or not wearing masks, and uh, fine people for opening up their business for more than 25% capacity in gyms or what have you, hair salons, and uh, we're going to turn around and want a bailout for it, and let's just use taxpayer funds to give everybody a federal job. Maybe that's the way you'll absolve the debt is you'll just work for like, you know, as, as a U.S. indentured servant for a good, you know, five to 10 years. And next thing you know, you won't have to pay that student loan. That's where it's all heading. This is a way to make you the ward of the state. 13th grade is what we're talking about here, guys. That's what's going to be this college. So the elimination of student debt's going to make you subservient to public servitude. And that's how they want it. So then he decides to go on about the vaccine with straight up lies, complete fabrications about the vaccine rollout. The biggest thing, though, as you remember, when you and I, I shouldn't say it that way, as you remember, but when you and I talked last, we talked about it's one thing to have the vaccine, which we didn't have when we came into office, but a vaccinator. How do you get the vaccine into someone's arm? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And the journalists are always bailing them out. This vaccine was in existence due to Donald Trump's Operation Warp Speed, taxpayer funding, um, grants given to Moderna and Pfizer. I don't know if Pfizer took the grant. I think I know Maduro, Maduro did, I think. But Pfizer, I think, isn't. But they're going to hit you on the back end, on the cost side of it. But that's the thing. The R&D was pushed to breakneck speeds because of you know government assistance. Uh, lack of regulation, that kind of stuff. And Biden's acting like nothing was out there. Oh, he's not going to be able to get the vaccine out, and we're stuck with it because of that. It's all it's all jacked up because of Donald Trump. Um, but I'm going to take the credit because in the first 100 days, we're just going to stop making you wear a mask, and everybody's going to magically go back to work and go back to school, which we're going to talk about schools in a little bit too. <laughs> That's a whole nother thing. Um, but l- listen to him talking about our relationship with China. Chinese leaders, if you know anything about Chinese history, it has always been the time when China has been victimized by the outer world is when they haven't been unified at home. So the central, to vastly overstated, the central principle of Xi Jinping is that there must be a united, tightly controlled China. And he uses his rationale for the things he does based on that. I point out to him, no American president can be sustained as a president if he doesn't reflect the values of the United States. And so the idea, I'm not going to speak out against what he's doing in Hong Kong, what he's doing with the Uyghurs in western mountains of of, uh, China and Taiwan trying to end the one China policy by making it forceful. 
I, I said, and by the way, he said he, he gets it. Culturally, there are different norms at each country, and they, their leaders are expected to follow. Uh, yeah, it's just their culture, just Chinese culture. You know, no biggie. No biggie. They're sterilizing the Uyghurs, the Muslim community in China. They're separating their kids and making them say that the state is their father because that's what, you know, the destruction of the nuclear family requires. Um, that makes you a slave to the system. And uh, let's read about this uh, issue with solar panels being made by Uyghur labor from the, st- from the camps that they're putting these Uyghurs in um, in China. Fears over Chinese Muslim forced labor loom over EU solar power. Right. The solar industry and Brussels lawmakers argue Europe's renewable energy push should not come at a human cost amid long-standing international concern over reports China has detained one million people with Muslim backgrounds in camps and putting them back to work. Everybody knows what China's or what's going on in China and the wind facilities are based there. You have to accept that there is a high possibility that forced labor will be used. Uh, Milan Nitschke, president of the EU ProSun, an alliance of solar businesses seeking to promote sustainable solar manufacturing based in the EU. Um, While the U.S. has already rolled out sanctions against products such as cotton, tomatoes originating from Xinjiang, um, the European Commission has avoided confronting China with any trade measures. It has fallen to the lawmakers in Europeans' parliament to try and push Brussels to implement trade bans on all industries, including solar panels, if companies are implicated in human rights abuses. Import bans need to be uh, complement as a last resort if forced labor is involved in the production, like in in Xinjiang, says uh, Green MEP Anne Cavazzini. For the past decade, Beijing has been carrying out a campaign to detain and re-educate the Muslim majority, the Uyghurs, the population of the Xinjiang region. Human rights groups have alerted uh, that the state-run re-education centers doubles as forced labor camps with detained people obligated to work in low-skilled, low-labor-intensive uh, sectors such as cotton picking. But recent reports of the region's uh, suggest that Xinjiang's government has also been focusing on upskilling the workforce and putting them to work in more specialized sectors. That's part of a concern to the global solar industry, given Xinjiang's outsized role in the production of polysilicon, a material used to make photovoltaic cells. So they're making solar panels using Uyghur labor. That's something Andrew Cuomo can uh you know he can relate to he was making those that floral hand sanitizer for less than market value because he was using those people that were in jail to make his floral hand sanitizer so to make these solar panels we've decided to allow china to use uyghur labor hey you know what let's upskill them let's give them a little bit more of a skill set we're still going to sterilize them and beat them and let, leave them in squalor. But, you know, they're going to learn how to make solar panels, something you at the Keystone Pipeline are going to have to learn how to sell. And maybe you can learn how to repair them. Yeah, don't worry about the fact that it has nothing to do with your skill set right now. You can learn to code or what have you. We'll just get rid of the Dakota Pipeline, the Keystone, get rid of it. 
signed off with a pen and the phone and all that jazz. Uh, executive order is going to just do away with that. You're going to now have to figure out how to sell Uyghur-made solar panels or repair them because the Uyghurs are probably not going to make them all that slick. They're probably not going to be all that rugged and uh, the, the quality is not going to be up to par, but it's not going to matter because if you were making tons of money helping America be energy independent now that they've installed dear leader Biden into office, we can turn around and get rid of your job with the stroke of a pen because, you know, we don't need orange man bad tweeting things badly. We need, you know, a, a, a uniting uh, character with morals and virtue who uh, uh, basically hooked up with somebody else's uh, wife and ended up marrying her later, Dr. Jill Biden. And we are going to look ahead with demeanor and virtue and morals, and we're just going to eliminate your job. He's not going to be a dictator, even though he is. He's 47-some-plus executive orders just signed off on, the most in American history, all out the gate, reversing everything Trump did. And that's how we're going to move ahead into the 2030 uh, global union of the United Nations of Davos, for which we will be the California. We will be the Burbank of the global union. So I guess we got that going for us. So let's listen to how the policies of vaccinations are being looked at with doublespeak by the Biden administration um, as they're pressed on whether or not teachers are going to need to go back to the classroom fully vaccinated or if they're not going to be allowed to. First, Kamala Harris is asked about this or Kamala, Kamala, Kamala. I don't know. It's racist if you say it one way. It's sexist if you say it the other way. And maybe she's named after the Ugandan headhunter from the WWE. I don't know. But here's her talking about the vaccinations of teachers and how are teachers going to be going back if they're fully vaccinated or not. You know, the Mm -hmm. CDC has said it is not a prerequisite for teachers to be vaccinated for them to go back to school. But many teachers are wary of going back to school. And we've had some cities have to sue the teachers union or sue their own school districts to try to get these schools to reopen. Can you reassure teachers who are listening right now that it is safe for them to go back to school, even if they are not vaccinated, if these public health measures like distancing and masks are being implemented? So, first of all, let me just say this, and the president has said it, and we're all really clear. Teachers should be a priority. Teachers should be a priority. Look, let me just tell you something. I love teachers. My first grade teacher, Mrs. Frances Wilson, attended my law school graduation. (laughs) Teachers are critical to our children's development. They should be able to teach in a safe place and expand the minds and and the opportunities of our children. So teachers should be a priority along with other frontline workers, and we're going to make them a priority. I believe that up to 22 states, I believe, have prioritized teachers in terms of vaccinations. But if they're not vaccinated, is it safe for them? Well, I think that we have to decide if we can put in place safe measures. This is why, and it's so important, we pass the American Rescue Plan. The American Rescue Plan, which the president and I have proposed, is a plan that is about getting our schools back open. Why does this connect with what we're talking about right now? It's going to be safer for our schools to reopen when we can get our schools the the infrastructure needs, like helping them with their ventilation systems, helping them create social distancing with, with bare 
barriers, the things that are necessary to get them back open in a safe but way. I don't want to, I don't want to beat it to death, but I just, I know there are teachers yeah. listening and the CDC has said they don't have to be vaccinated to go back to school. Of we course think it's the priority. priority. We think they should, we think they should be a priority. Uh, okay. We think they should be a priority and the states are making decisions individually about where they will be on the list of who gets vaccinated. I believe they should be a priority. The president believes they should be a priority. Of course, she talked around the issue and uh, CNN in a weird act of actual journalism decided to press somebody else in the Democrat Party who is representing Biden on the same question. And oddly enough, they dodged it the exact same way. Imagine that. Prioritize is one thing. And I think there's wide agreement. They should be prioritized. And why not? Is it necessary, though? That's the question. It really is a yes, no question. Well, John, I think the real question, frankly, if I can be frank here, is what you're getting to is, is it safe for kids to go back to school? And the president and vice president... Actually not. In this case, that's not the question. The question is, is it safe for teachers to go back to school? And that's that's a very specific question in this case. And again, I'm not sure... I don't understand why it's a hard question to answer. It it may be that you want every teacher to be vaccinated. It may be the answer... Yeah, teachers should, if they can be vaccinated before they return to school, but it's not necessary. Well, John, I think the president has been clear. The vice president has Mm. been clear. And I think I was really clear just now that it is the administration's position. The president and vice president believe that teachers should be prioritized for vaccinations. And in 22 states, at least, and the District of Columbia, that's exactly what is happening. You know, uh, look. I'll try one last time. I'll try one last time. Does the president does the president feel that that teachers have to be vaccinated in order for schools to, to open safely? Yes or no? The president believes that teachers should be prioritized for vaccination. His right. wife, Dr. Biden, the first lady, is a teacher. He knows the importance of teachers being in the classroom. The president and vice president also know, John, that teaching for many people is not just what they do. It is who they are. It is a calling. Me, uh, and teachers want to be in the classroom. Parents want students in the right. classroom. And we want to do so uh, safely and, and operating right. according to the science. All right. I'm not going to get a yes or no. Still no answer. Frankly, let me be frank. Is it that they're supposed to be vaccinated or do they want priority over vaccination? Apparently, they have to be vaccinated, uh, according to the teachers unions, because that's all I've heard. I mean, I've heard them complain for a full freaking year on local school board uh, sessions. Oh, my gosh, we can't go back in the school. We're all going to die. What's going to happen with kids come in yet? In my other line of work, I've gone to the office every day. Um, I've seen and gone to fast food places. I've gone to Home Depot, Kroger's, uh, Harris Teeter, grocery stores, hardware stores, big box stores, Walmart, Best Buy, Five Below. Uh, Everybody's working except for you, teachers. (laughs) Oh, but we're around kids. They're super spreaders. Um, Yeah, that's uh, at this point, it's teachers unions standing up against what is good for your kids. And behind closed doors, they actually mock you. In fact, the entire Oakley, California school board resigned after mocking parents on a public meetings live stream that they didn't realize had already started. Listen to this. One lady's like, you know what, Biatch? I'm going to, if you're going to call me out, I'm going to F you up. They want their babysitters back. The entire thing was live streamed 
And they got busted mocking the parents because that's what they really feel behind closed doors. It's not about the safety of your kids. It's about the safety of themselves. And they want to find a way to coast on out of all this while they mock you behind closed doors. Just listen to this little live stream. Oh, boy. You know what? Hey, Kim, I was just thinking. Kim, I was just thinking right now just to encourage you. Yeah. People, it's easy to hide behind a screen and put in oh, phones yeah. now. But when you're face to face with people, it's a whole different it's a whole different ball game. Well, what's funny is that uh, uh, she's friends with who I went to Idol Tower and the it was posted on social media, someone else posted it. It's like whatever, I wasn't doing anything bad. I could, I really, I honestly don't care about that part, but you know what? Are we alone? Yeah. <laughs> Bitch, if you're going to call me out, I'm going to f*** you up. <laughs> Sorry, that's just me. <laughs> you know, they forget that there's real people on the other side of those, those letters that they're writing. Yes. We're real community members. We have kids or have known kids that have gone to these schools. Right. Have an vested interest in this process and they don't know what we right. do behind the scenes. And it's really unfortunate exactly. that they, they want to pick on us because right. they want their babysitters back. Right. 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 That's how I feel. I agree, and it's fine. It's just it, I, I just need to get you know, up. And you know, I, I I totally hear that because my brother had a, a delivery. Yeah, my brother had a delivery service for medical marijuana. The high clientele were parents with their kids in school. So when you got when you got your kids at home, no more Friday, no more yeah, smoke dog. Yeah, and if you think that's an isolated incident, check out this uh, Reddit. This is uh, some Reddit uh, forum. Why do parents suck? Parents, open schools now. Teachers, okay, can we have some funding to make sure we can open safely? This will benefit you and your kids. Parents, burn the teachers' unions. Teachers, K, if we can't have more funding, can you at least have your kids wear masks, cancel sports, large events for the year? And not send them to school if they're sick? Parents, sure, we'll totally do that. Just open the schools first. Teachers, two weeks later. Did you send Tyler to school knowing he had COVID symptoms? Parents, oh, it was just a little cold. I gave him some aspirin. He should be fine. Teacher, 
Well, I just tested positive for COVID, and your son was coughing up a storm all day wearing his mask on his shoe despite me telling him 11 times that he now has, has to wear it because that's how we do things. Parents, oh, it couldn't be my Jonathan. He never does anything wrong. Teacher, woman, your child's name is Tyler, and now our whole class has to quarantine for two weeks. Parents, burn the teachers' unions. That's Yeah, there's more of this. It's really amazing. Um, parents, uh, parents need someone else to blame for their kids' shortcomings. It can't be their, their terrible parenting happen, habits, right? Now their kids are with them all the time, and they notice their brats and the brats that they've raised are so desperate, and they're, you know, they don't want to look bad by bringing them in. This 100%. Distance learning doesn't work for my kid. He falls asleep during class, tries to get out of attending, doesn't do his work. Yes, you have ignored our calls about that for the last two years. That also happens every normal year. Parents claim to be homeschooling, but then ignore that they have the option to actually homeschool right now if they're already if they're um, already putting that much work in. That's how much they mock us as people that want our kids to have their well-being, you know, focused on the fact that distance learning doesn't work all that well. Um, the fact that at their age, their mind is all over the place, um, but. We have to worry about the teachers. It's all about the teachers and the vaccinations and they need to be safe. And they're going to do interpretive dances like they did in Chicago about being safe and do videos. It's just ridiculous. But they have politicized this entire virus because a virus is going to virus. You cannot hide from it. You cannot uh, hold yourself up in a cave and think that it's just going to dissipate or the vaccine's going to cure everything because apparently now Bill Gates says you have to have a third shot. So you have the first shot and the second shot. You still need to wear the mask. CDC wants you to wear two masks. And then now Bill Gates wants a third shot. So this whole thing has been politicized. This isn't how we operate uh, in other viral events. You know, the flu season's basically wiped out. It's been eradicated because they've just labeled everything COVID. So this is the new reality, and it's time to open everything back up. This is Adrian Slade. Now let's keep the Texans in our thoughts and prayers. They're dealing with all that snow and the power outages and what have you. But apparently this is, uh, this is Biden's Katrina. A lot of people said, well, he's only been in office for a couple months. You know, uh, you can't really pin that on him, but... Uh, I don't know. There's some interesting things that have popped up in the news. Check out this thread from at a muse, um, Texas power crisis thread. Once it was clear that the polar vortex would engulf the entire state of Texas, Governor Abbott declared an emergency and asked President Biden for a Department of Energy waiver to allow power generation facilities to operate at full capacity until the emergency passed. Biden's Department of Energy refused Governor Abbott's request and instead offered to allow certain power generation facilities as uh, they offered them a waiver if they raised the prices to charge uh, that they charged the Texans to more than 1,500 megawatts per hour, resulting in massive statewide power outages and a grid failure. <laughs> the truth is that the federal government controls how Texas generates electricity, the mix of sources, and the capacity of each. The Department of Energy requires that Texas fossil fuel power generation uh, generators operate far below their maximum output. 
Governor Abbott knew that the Department of Energy would allow natural gas and coal power plants to operate at peak efficiency, they could meet the 110% of the demand that the state faced last week, but the Department of Energy refused. Sadly, Biden's acting Department of Energy chief, David Huzenga, is not an expert at power generation, but instead an expert at nuclear waste management. When Governor Abbott received the EPA's refusal, he or the uh, Department of Energy's refusal, actually, he knew Texas was in trouble. There was nothing he could do about it. <laughs> now, Amuse says, my question, why didn't Governor Abbott simply order all Texas power generation facilities to operate at peak efficiency and force Biden to send his army to Texas to try to stop it? <laughs> Does anyone think Biden would have sent the army to shut down the national power gas power generation facilities? <laughs> and then it comes in that there is a uh, MSN article saying that Biden signs major disaster declaration for 77 Texas counties, but the governor asked for all 254. President Biden refused Governor Abbott's request that he sign major disaster declarations for 177 Texas counties after refusing to allow Texas power plants to operate at 100% capacity during the polar vortex, resulting in massive power outages. Unbelievable. If President Trump had refused to provide disaster relief for 177 counties in Texas. The Texas Tribune would be in each county sharing the stories of average Texans struggling to stay warm, to feed their families, and to pay their bills. Since Biden refused to provide relief, eh, nothing but silence. Unbelievable. And he's right. <laughs> I mean, had this been something that happened while Trump was in office, this would be his Katrina. You know, we, we would have him flying over the snow, snow-filled areas. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really unbelievable. Yeah, this is another, uh, another tweet about it. Biden administration blocked Texas from increasing power as Texas begged for help a week before the ca catastrophic polar vortex. And we'll link these on uh, adriansladeshow.com. Texas was asked to temporarily lift regulations on energy output to avoid disaster. Biden's Department of Energy refused to help due to green energy standards. So again, it was green energy, wind turbines and solar panels. The wind turbines were snowed over and had to have helicopters using fossil fuels to warm up, you know, spray things on the wind turbines to get them back up. The battery efficiency was really awful um, on the wind turbines. And now you're, you're in a situation where the green energy standards were something that caused the ability to mitigate this disaster in advance. Um, it basically tied Texas hands behind its back and just let them deal with what they're dealing with. Water stations went down. Um, I mean, it was ridiculous. People were having to boil snow, but yet no, you know, not a big deal for Biden. In fact, he gets praised for it. They actually had a Washington post article that said this. Listen to this. This is amazing to me. Washington Post. Joe Biden has won praise for low-key approach to Texas disaster. Yeah, he had a low-key approach. Uh, he called a lid every morning, didn't even recognize it. President Biden has won praise for his low-key approach to the natural disaster that knocked out much of the power to Texas in the midst of a bitter winter storm, according to the Washington Post. The Post hounded President Trump for years about Hurricane Maria. 
even after he visited the island personally, and despite the fact that his concerns about the local mismanagement in the distribution of aid was proven right. Yet, in an article published in the Washington Post with the headline, Biden's low-key approach to the storm wins praise but courts risk, the Post took a dramatically different approach. As the Biden administration faces its first natural natural disaster, the president himself is taking a notably low-key approach. He has not visited the stricken region or delivered primetime remarks. He did not mention the disaster at his recent town hall, and he studiously is avoiding the controversy over whether wind energy or fossil fuels are to blame for the widespread power failures. But yet they went after Ted Cruz because Ted Cruz took his family on a vacation down to Cancun, to which he actually came back early while they, cons- they continued to stay in their vacation. And the paparazzi was taking pictures of his family while he's back home in Texas because it looked bad. And they got mad at him for leaving behind his freaking poodle named Snowflake. That was the journalistic vigor that they decided to to unleash on the Cruz family. But no mention about Hunter Biden in Ukraine. No mention about Andrew Cuomo in the nursing homes and the and the death you know the death memory centers that he built by locking in COVID-19 patients and no scrutiny of the Biden administration on all of their failures of the Texas natural disaster. You know, we're just going to pretend like that didn't exist and that the Department of Energy didn't screw Texas over in the process. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You can check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, iHeart, TuneIn, Overcast, Check out the blog, adrianslade.show.com. You can also get the free Roku channel in your streaming store. Download it, Adrian Slade Show, or donate if you'd like to be a part of financially supporting this podcast. Go on anchor.fm slash adrianslade, and you can donate whatever amount you wish. And we thank you so much 